You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this Mock Draft Monday episode here on Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. On today's episode, Dre Harris has the newest Draft Network mock draft, and he sends another corner to the New Orleans Saints, which is a great start. But we've got another seven-round mock draft on this week's episode, where my main goal was to get five safe but immediately impactful players one way or another without trading. Still going to hold off on the trades until a little bit later here, but we will get to them. We'll talk about the trenches, cornerback two, and linebacker spots, and how we address them with this week's safe but sturdy Saints seven-round mock draft. But first, your news and notes from the weekend. Marshawn Lattimore charged with a fourth-degree felony, what that means for him and the team. Superdome naming rights sale might be closing in here soon. And a Tynes-Picayune New Orleans advocate Drew Brees special section hits papers across Louisiana. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, now deputy manager over at SB Nation's Canal Street Chronicles, and still your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. So let's get started with our fresh week here at Locked On Saints. If your first time catching the show, thank you very much for taking the time to come through and join us today. And if it's your next time catching the show, thank you as always for being here, for helping us grow this family. Let's go ahead and jump in here. So we know that on Friday, we left off with a big question mark in terms of Marshawn Lattimore. He was arrested in Cleveland, Ohio, charged well, at the time when we published on, on Friday. He hadn't been charged yet, but there was some questions about whether or not he was going to be charged. Let's talk a little bit about what it was that went down. So he and three friends who were driving in Cleveland were pulled over and uh, it was a gang unit that approached them. And all three of the people that he was with had been arrested for charges having to do with a firearm. Two of them arrested for owning one without being allowed to, whether it be because of probationary period or something like that. And the other one was charged with improper handling of a firearm in a vehicle. As for Marshawn Lattimore, he too apparently had a firearm in near whatever or on his person, however it might be. But come to find out, I guess it was that that piece was stolen. And then so Marshawn Lattimore was then arrested for receiving stolen property and that property being a firearm. Now, later on, we found out that he was indeed charged with a fourth degree felony with that charge, although his lawyer attorney representation still says that this was all a misunderstanding and, quote, that we believe it will become even clearer as new information comes available and is shared with the authorities. Now, because of the next sort of steps with all this, the case is going to head to a grand jury and then it'll be be determined then whether or not he's going to be formally indicted or charged at that point moving forward. So we'll see exactly what it is that happens. and, And, you know, there's still so much of this situation to let play out at this point. I've seen a lot of folks talking about, oh, he's going to jail for six months, six to 18 months is the usual fourth degree felony situation. If you are fully like indicted and and really brought up on charges for it, yes, that could be along with fines and things like that. But we'll see exactly how this actually plays out if he ends up taking a lesser 
deal and pleading guilty, you know, taking a deal to where he pleads guilty and takes a lesser charge or something like that. Uh, by the looks of his Instagram story, he is no longer being detained at any point, which was the expectation per Mike Triplett that he would be released early Saturday morning after posting 10% of his bond or all of his bond, which was set at $5,000. So again, there's still so much to see in terms of how this is all going to play out for the young cornerback and the New Orleans Saints as the offseason here moves forward. For the Saints, though, they have to make sure that they keep their focus moving ahead and not to be distracted by all this. They have to just kind of sit back and let all this play out and then react when it's appropriate, as opposed to right now where we still don't actually know how the situation happened because none of us were in the car, right? None of us were there. None of us have any idea about how all of this went down. So for the Saints, it's going to be full steam ahead, continuing their focus forward to the NFL draft and building this team and trying to sort of recoup what they have lost in the middle of their roster. And for Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, basically his intent now is stay out of trouble and, you know, go ahead and and, and cooperate and do what you can to make sure that the sentence is uh, as light as it possibly can be. Now, Lattimore has no existing record or any existing issues or anything like that. So that should work in his favor. We'll continue to keep you up to date with all of it as we learn more facts, you know, once the facts become clearer as we move forward. All right, let's jump to the second topic here. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Superdome and its naming rights. As we know, a couple of folks have asked about it here recently. Mercedes-Benz currently owns the naming rights, but that contract is set to be up in July, and they did not extend that contract in New Orleans. So now it looks like it's going to come down to Caesars Entertainment, not Caesars Pizza, but the very large gambling and entertainment company looks to be the company that at this time has agreed in principle to buying the naming rights of the Superdome. It's supposed to be a 20-year deal that pays nearly $11 million per year. If this were to go through, this would be huge for the New Orleans Saints and also huge for the partnership that is sort of finally coming together between the NFL and gambling as well. And it was Greg Benzel who told TheAthletic.com that there's not a signed deal with the company right now, nothing official to announce, but there are several numerous interested companies. But According to many other reports at the moment, Caesars seems to be the route right now for the upcoming naming rights purchase for the Superdome. And reportedly, officials are saying that they are leaning toward the Caesars Superdome as the name. And then finally, our last bit of news and notes before we move on to our NFL mock draft. Uh, our good friends over at the Times Picayune, New Orleans Advocate, you've heard some of their voices on the show here before, of course. Amy Just, but also Luke Johnson, Rod Murray. All these folks worked very hard to put together a Drew Brees special section that went into papers all across Louisiana. So do keep an eye out for those. Uh, I've seen the covers and everything. We've seen photos of them online as well. I'm sure many of you have, but these look absolutely beautiful. One in a million legends don't just set records. They inspire a really great section inspired by the one, the only Drew Brees. Uh, after his retirement that was announced just a couple of weeks ago. A big hashtag thank you, Drew, on the back of that section, and a big thank you, Drew, from us here at Locked on Saints as well. Coming up next, we're going to dive into our mock draft Monday. It is the post-Breeze era, and to me, that means you need some defense. That was a big focus in our safe but sturdy seven-round mock draft for the New Orleans Saints, and it seemed that Dre Harris of the Draft Network went a similar route as well. We'll talk about the cornerback that he mocked, 
and what we did in our seven-round mock draft here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And with the Saints and football essentially being off at the moment, at least in terms of their seasons, I have been really leaning into March Madness. And of course, March Madness, both on the women's and men's side, heading into the Elite Eight now. And so there are tons of opportunities for you to go out there and get in on some of the sports action with our good friends over at betonline.ag. They've got everything you need from NBA, college basketball, men's and women's, NHL, and of course, the MLB getting started here in just a few days. BetOnline also covers awards TV shows and reality TV with real updated odds and props on just about anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered from every angle, including news and scores as well. And of course, it's the best way to place all of your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up over at betonline.ag. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. family we continue on with another episode here at locked on saints thank you as always for being here and as soon as you're done with today's episode make sure you check out the locked on today podcast as well all the sports news that you need in 20 minutes or less it's a fantastic show hosted by peter bukowski over there so go and check it out locked on today grab it on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast now our good friends over at the draft network are going to be very very busy on draft night doing a fantastic show over there more details on that to follow. You boys can be a big part of that as well. But well, before we actually get to draft night, you know, we have to get to our mock drafts and Dre Harris has this taken care of over at the draft network. We'll take a look at his one round mock draft where the saints at pick number 28 go with cornerback Eric Stokes. He's a classic height, weight, speed guy, the type of guy that could absolutely hang with the NFC South receivers as Dre Harris himself even says the New Orleans Saints pair Eric Stokes with what is an already good secondary and pass rush. Stokes has the speed and size to give receivers in the division problems. With Drew Brees retiring, they may have to rely on a defense more than they have in recent years. I do think that there's some truth to that, especially if you're dealing with the sort of volatility and high variance that will come with both Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill for that matter. Having a good defense is paramount and that starting cornerback position is definitely a big one, but I dare say there are other times where you could even fill that cornerback two position. That's why we're going to move right ahead to our seven round mock draft here because I wanted to make sure that I went through and sort of went with the safest selections at each pick in terms of trying to make sure that I got the most impactful player as early and as quickly as possible. So to start off in the first round here on this one, I went away that we don't really see very often. And I went with the interior defensive line. Now here's why. The drop-off on the interior defensive line, the drop-off on the linebacker position is greater than that of the drop-off at the cornerback position. I don't need to be in too much of a hurry to grab a cornerback in this draft. And especially while I'm trying to play it safe here, and I want to grab the most effective player right off the top, then I can wait a little bit longer on cornerback. And you'll see how that turns out here in just a moment. But at pick number 28, I went with interior defensive lineman Christian Barmore. Christian Barmore is a fantastic 
player. He's not going to be one of those guys that you're going to hear too much about because he doesn't play a big, sexy position like wide receiver, quarterback, running back, tight end, edge rusher, corner, anything like that, right? He's an interior defensive lineman, but he's a penetrating three-tech. He's exactly what it is that the Saints just lost in Sheldon Rankins, but maybe even a little bit more. Six foot five, 310 pounds, can play three-tech, can play one-tech, can play four and four-I as well, and even fronts or odd fronts. And so he can play in a multi-front set, which is exactly what the Saints defense is under Dennis Allen. And you get somebody that has a good explosive first step, can push vertically, and can disrupt the passing game as well. And he's that kind of guy that can either get pressure on the quarterback himself or get enough push on the offensive line to collapse the interior offensive line and then generate pressure or help to generate pressure with some of the other pass rushers around him. So Christian Barmore is who I went with. It's a safe selection, but it's one that I like a lot and one that I feel like comes with a very, very good amount of uh, impact right away. Now let's go all the way over to the second round here, pick number 60, staying in the trenches, but this time over on the offensive line. I'm investing here a little bit early. Remember, we're playing it safe, but we're looking for impact as well. I went with James Hudson, the offensive tackle out of Cincinnati, six foot five. 302 pounds, you know he's going to move to the interior at that height. And that's exactly the point. The scheme fit that's given to him by our friends over at the Draft Network is a zone rushing attack. And it's exactly what it is that you would look to get from him here in New Orleans. You get him involved in the interior right away, or maybe you get him involved in the interior a little bit later, right? Depending upon how the Andrus Pete future all unfolds. But then you also have this guy that has played tackle, that can play guard, and you have another sort of developmental offensive lineman that can play in multiple spaces, but you're probably going to end up moving toward the inside at some point in his career. Now, he does a lot of good things. He's a little bit top heavy, but he has really, really good foot quickness. He does really well in terms of competitive toughness. He's extremely tough kind of a guy, has a high motor, doesn't ever really give up on his blocks. He was a ton of fun to watch over at the Senior Bowl as well. So I'm glad I got to see him up close and in person. So that's our trenches, right? So we took care of a little bit of future address over at the offensive line and then got an immediate impact player to replace Sheldon Rankins at the penetrating three-tech position on the inside. Next, we're going to the quarterback position at pick number 98 in the third round, our first of two picks in the third round. And I'm going with cornerback out of Stanford, Paulson Adebo. Now, Paulson Adebo I really, really like, and I'm starting to see him pop up a little bit more and more around this area. And I'm a big fan of that. Six foot one, 190 pounds. He fits the size profile, exactly what you're looking for in a corner. He's got good speed. He's got really, really good versatility in terms of all the different types of schemes that he played while he was at Stanford. He plays very well, demonstrates good man coverage ability, but then also is really good at understanding zone coverage. So you get both out of him. He's just a very, very smart player and he's a former wide receiver as well. So he's got phenomenal ball skills at the same time. And he's still a pretty good tackler as well. So you can play him outside. You can move him into the slot if you want to. Probably not really suited for that very much because of his size, but you can put him over on the outside and then you can let him do what he do, uh, which is be a very good physical corner and somebody that can make plays on the ball. So that's why I ended up passing on corner in the first round because I felt like I'd be able to get a guy later on. I was sort of expecting Benjamin St. Juice, but then... I got here and then I saw Paul Sinadibo and I just could not pass it up. So I was very, very excited to get that. 
And then to wrap up the first half of this mock draft, we're going to go pick 105 to wrap up the third round or wrap up day two. Cameron Sample, the edge rusher out of Tulane. Now he's he's designated as an edge rusher on the Draft Network's mock draft uh, machine, but he's somebody that can play inside, that can play out. Six foot three, two hundred and seventy four pounds. We had the great pleasure of watching him, just like we talked about with James Hudson before at the Senior Bowl, and he did a little bit of everything. Wins with a nice big time spin move. He's got a really good rip move as well. He's got some really really nice pass rushing moves that are fully developed or that are getting fully developed and is only going to look to add to that arsenal and definitely has the intelligence and the play style to be able to do that. And a uh, somebody that I think brings a lot of developmental tools that I think that uh, Dennis Allen and Ryan Nielsen would be very, very excited about. So it's a very defensive heavy draft so far, and that's really not going to change. We've got four more selections to talk about as we get out of the top 100 here and look towards day three of the NFL draft. But I'm looking to get one more impact player, and we do it right off the bat. We'll talk about who that is here in just a moment as we continue on with our Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, we've been telling you about Built Bar for a while now, and we are now going through and doing our Built Bar Madness. We're almost done. We actually get to the championship on the first. So today's vote wraps up the enticing eight and gets us into the flavorful four just ahead of the championship later on this week. Caramel Brownie going up against Coconut Brownie Chunk. Who you got for this one? I'm going Coconut Brownie Chunk. You know how much I love my coconut flavors, and they've been making a run here so far throughout the bracket madness. So as we continue to go through here, don't forget to go and check out BuiltBar.com. Get your votes in. Make sure your voice is heard as we try to figure out who will become the best tasting protein bar flavor from the best tasting protein bar. Remember, you can get a box of those best tasting protein bars at BuiltBar.com as well. Locked 15 is going to get you 15% off your next order. They just added a delicious strawberry cheesecake flavor. It's not on the bracket, but you can get it to try it at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order over at BuiltBar.com. Let's get it. Hooda Nation wrapping up our mock draft Monday, our super safe but still sturdy Saints seven round mock draft. Say that seven times fast. Uh, before we uh, continue on, we'll let you know that we're not done with the mock draft fun here across Lockdown Podcast Network from just this episode. Of course, you can check out everything going on with the NFL draft with our NFL draft duo of shows here, the draft dudes, which brings you daily episodes, breaking down prospects from a film perspective. And then our locked on NFL draft podcast that gives you daily draft news and mock drafts as well. So follow the locked on NFL draft and draft dudes podcast over at the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap up with today's episode, taking a look at the final four selections of our super safe and sturdy Saints seven round mock draft. We're going to go ahead and jump to pick number 133 here. We've already addressed the trenches, both on the offensive and defensive side. We've gotten somebody that I believe can become a steal of the draft, a potential starting cornerback to right away in Paulson Adebo. And then we got Cameron Sample to help shore up those trenches even further. Now let's get to the linebacker position here. Pick number 133, the second compensatory pick in the third round. I went with Tony Fields, the second, the linebacker out of West Virginia. 
He, to me, is electrifying. I love watching this guy. He's a smaller linebacker than what you're used to hearing me call out as a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Only six foot one, 222 pounds. But you know what, man? Just after seeing what Quan Alexander did in this defense, I think that maybe that prototype starts to see a little bit of a shift. You know, there's a reason that Alex Anzalone didn't hang around, right? Like they could have talked Alex Anzalone potentially into staying for something more than one point. $7.5 million this season, which is all he got in Detroit, unless they were just really that much at odds with one another that it didn't make that much of a sense. That didn't make that much sense to fit. But when you look at Tony Fields a second, he's somebody that plays with his hair on fire. He can do all those things, but he's also very good in coverage. He's reliable. He's athletic. He's sideline to sideline speed type guy, a will linebacker in the waiting right there in order to really sort of pave the way for you know, if it's going to be Zach Bond, that's really going to take over for Demario Davis at the Mike linebacker spot at some point, then hell, that door is now open. If they want to keep uh, Demario Davis over at the will and then maybe try to work Tony Fields in at the mic or potentially work Zach Bond in at the mic and then have Tony Fields continue to develop and grow behind those guys, that's also fine. I, I really like what Tony Fields can do as another option, an additional option in the second level. For the New Orleans Saints. Now we'll jump over to our round five selection. So after waiting around from 133 all the way to 218, I went with Amir Smith Marset, the wide receiver out of Iowa. The wide receiver is is really exactly what it is that you're looking for in a complementary piece to Michael Thomas. You need a traditional Z type receiver. You've heard me say that over and over again in terms of what I was looking for in the free agency market. That's exactly who Amir Smith-Marset is. And if you're going to want to throw the ball, then you're going to want to throw the ball to somebody that you can trust. That's one of the reasons why I like this guy. He does really good in double moves, deeper developing routes, according to Draft Network. That really fits in terms of the way that your offense might shift if you have Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback, right? If you have somebody that can do those double moves, that can get open on deeper developing routes. That's exactly what you're looking for. Doesn't have a big catch radius. Not going to be a guy that you're going to look at to be sort of, you know, the face catcher, the guy to go up there and make the 50-50 ball catches. But you've got Michael Thomas for that. Amir Smith-Marset is somebody that you want to allow to get separation and go out there and get everything working from the snap. And that's exactly what he's able to do. He creates that separation. He's got a little bit uh, of work to do in certain areas like ball skills and all these other things. But hey, if you're able to get him open, you're able to get him the ball down the field, you're going to be able to profit off of his skill set in that way for certain. All right. So now that we've done the sixth round pick, let's get to our two seventh round picks. I decided to double up and continue to shore up the, the trenches here over on the defensive side. In particular, I went with Malcolm Kuntz at 229, the edge rusher out of Buffalo. He's a developmental edge rusher, a little bit of a, like a 3-4 linebacker or 4-3 defensive end. He didn't really have to drop back into coverage when he played that 3-4 linebacker role, pass rusher role in Buffalo. So really, you just kind of want to put him at a pass rushing defensive end type of a situation and let him go to work. And that's basically what you want to do. But he also does a really good job at utilizing his leverage to set the edge too. So he's somebody that really, you could probably put it maybe like a five tech position, what Cam Jordan was originally drafted to do, take advantage of his size and be able to utilize him in that same way as well as somebody that you might be able to sort of coach up to get after the quarterback and become a part of that, you know, add that to his package. But if you need him to just simply be somebody that can also set an edge and then be a good run defender in rotation, 
then the six foot three, two hundred forty eight senior out of Buffalo is absolutely a good uh, option for you here in the seventh round in Malcolm Kuntz. And then to wrap up, I had to do it again, y'all. This is the only one that I repeated from last week, but I had to do it again. I went with Racy McMath, the wide receiver out of LSU. I know that people hate when when you mock LSU players to the Saints because they feel like the Saints just automatically avoid anybody that wear that wore the purple and gold. But the last time that we saw the Saints draft an LSU player was just a few years ago when Will Clapp, who was drafted in the seventh round. So I don't feel bad drafting Racy McMath, who is the perfect special teams player for the New Orleans Saints and also a perfect developmental receiver for the New Orleans Saints as well, should they decide to go that route. But he played punt gunner. He's done it. He does it very well. He is extremely fast and he is also very big as well. So you get him in that size, even just in a special teams role. I think that that's enough for the Saints to be interested in. Six foot two, 224, and he is going to absolutely tear up uh, his 40 when he gets the opportunity to run it at his LSU Pro Day. I'm not saying he's going to be in the four threes or anything like that, but if he goes into the four fours and he shows you that he can do what he does as a gunner on top of that, that's something that the Saints could absolutely fall in love with. And one of the reasons why I think Racy McMath makes a ton of sense to the New Orleans Saints here to wrap up our super safe, but yet still super sturdy 2021 Saints seven round mock draft on today's mock draft Monday. Let me know what you think of it. I'll have a draft graphic that I'll throw up over at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. But just to give you a quick rundown, Christian Barmore, James Hudson at the on the offensive line. Paulson Adebo at the cornerback spot, Cameron Sample keeping the two-lane guy at home, Tony Fields the second out of West Virginia, Amir Smith Marset, excuse me, Amir Smith Marset out of Iowa, Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo, and then Racy McMath out of LSU. That is our seven-round mock draft for this episode. On tomorrow's episode, it's Twitter Tuesday. I'm asking for stat projections. Seventeen games. What are the stat projections for Jameis Winston for Alvin Kamara? We'll talk through all of that and much more here all throughout the week. And of course, as always, I thank you very much for tuning in and for helping us grow this family. Don't forget to come back tomorrow as we continue on with yet another episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate y'all listening, rating, reviewing. You can catch me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.